The reading today is Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 15. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Amen. Good morning. It's great to be back with you. The story goes that one of the gorillas in London Zoo died. It's a really sad story. And the, oh, thank you. Yeah, it was worse than that. It was, you know, beloved gorilla. Anyway, the trustees got together and they said, well, it's going to cost about 100 grand to buy a new one. And there's all the vet's fees and will it fit in? So they came up with an ingenious idea. They said, why don't we just pay a student to sit in a gorilla suit and just sit in the corner. No one will know the difference and he can go home at the end of each night. Well, it was a great plan. It was working brilliantly. They got a student in. He put this gorilla suit on. He just sat in the corner of the pen. They didn't have to pay vet's fees. They just paid him minimum wage. He went home at the end of each day. Perfect. After a while, however, the student got a little bit bored. And so he started to do some gorilla moves and and the crowd loved it. They were gathering around. The children were pointing, taking selfies and he was really enjoying this. So he started doing a few more gorilla moves and and then he started going up the tree and the the crowd absolutely loved it. And and then he climbed onto the the tire swing and started swinging up and down and and everyone was amazed. And so he kept going and higher and higher. and, And unfortunately he slipped and he went flying into the air over the fence and into the lion enclosure and now this student in a gorilla suit is really panicking because the lion starts coming closer and closer towards him and the poor guy is edging back towards the fence and and the lion's coming closer and suddenly he starts to panic he starts shouting help help I'm not really a gorilla my name's Kevin someone help me please please no reply the lion's coming closer and closer he's now with his back against the fence The lion edges closer to him. The lion comes right up and the lion says, Shut up, you fool, you get us both fired. (laughs) You know, (laughs) pretending, pretending is exhausting. You know, we pretend to our neighbours that we've got the most wonderful, well-balanced and happy family all the time. We pretend on Facebook. You know, if our lives were as exciting as they look on Facebook, we wouldn't have time to go on Facebook. We can even pretend in church that we have this deep prayer life and never have any doubts. But, you know, you don't have to pretend with God. He knows the truth. And he loves us anyway. Now we pray. Dear Lord, you're the one who said, ask and you will receive. And so, Lord, we come asking today that you would speak to us in the way that only you can. Lord, we want our lives to be transformed by your power and your love. 
We want to be continued to be changed from glory to glory into your likeness. And so, Lord, we submit to you. We pray that you would speak to us from your word. We pray that you would enliven it in our hearts through your spirit. Amen. Amen. So as I prayed about what to speak about this morning, I came to this topic, the power of forgiveness. Because if the church can't model forgiveness, letting each other off the hook, making allowances for each other's weaknesses, then what world, what hope does the world have? Jesus says, by this will all people know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And you can't love without forgiveness. God's love for us would be hollow without forgiveness. Our love for others requires nothing less. Hemingway told the story of a Spanish father who took out an ad in the Spanish, in the Madrid papers that said this, Paco, meet me at Hotel Madonna noon Wednesday. All is forgiven. Love, Papa. And the story goes that the police had to be called by Hoppus 11 on Wednesday because over a thousand Pacos had arrived. 999 went away disappointed. The power of forgiveness. Of forgiveness. So Matthew 6 Sermon on the Mount, Jesus sets out his vision for his church. When he goes back to heaven, this is how I want my church to look. And it says those most famous words that we just heard read. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. It was part of the daily prayer, the daily routine for Christ followers is to keep short accounts. Because Jesus knew that unforgiveness is like a cancer that runs through nations and down generations and wrecks families and destroys relationships and splits churches. Henri Nouwen, have you read any of Henri Nouwen? One of the most beautifully unpolished writers of the last century. He said this, he said, we divide people into those who are for us and those who are against us. If those who are against us do something kind, we don't accept it because we've already decided they're against us. If those who are for us do something we don't like, we let go of them as well. It's an age-old pattern that turns brother against brother, right down to Cain and Abel, back in Genesis 4. Down to Abraham and his rival sons, Isaac and Ishmael, who spawned the world's greatest rivals, the Jews and the Arabs. But those who've wished to follow Christ must find a different path. Christ followers, says Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, keep no record of wrongs. Let me say that again because it sounds awfully sweet when Auntie Joan gets up to read it at a wedding, doesn't she? 
1 Corinthians 13, but it was written to the church. Love keeps no record of wrongs. So what is forgiveness and what is it not? Well, what it's not is going back and letting yourself be hurt over and over again. They hurt you, you forgive. They hurt you, you forgive. Simply rolling over and saying, oh, hit me again. That's not what Jesus meant by turn the other cheek. You know, you're a child of God. You're royalty and your heavenly father wants you to be protected from harm. And his, as his representatives, we're called to protect people from harm, particularly the most vulnerable. So it's, it's an abuse of scripture, by the way, to say to a battered wife, oh, you made your vows, you just got to go back and keep forgiving as he keeps whacking you. That's not at all the Christian faith. In my first church, it was in a tougher state and sometimes... We had to facilitate, in the name of Christ, helping a wife to escape an abusive relationship like that. I'm happy to talk more about that afterwards. But that's what forgiveness is not. So what is forgiveness? Well, firstly, it's a choice. It's a decision of the will. It can't wait until you feel like forgiving. Oh, I don't feel so bad anymore, so I'm ready to forgive. No, no, it's a choice. It's a transaction. It's a decision that you make not to hold the person's sin against them anymore. Secondly, it's a choice and it's an agreement to live with the consequences of someone else's sin. You've been hurt and it's changed you. And forgiveness involves accepting our past, owning it. Not running away from it, not pretending it doesn't happen, not closing our eyes and gritting our teeth, but accepting our story and inviting God into it to bring healing. In other words, it involves giving up any hope of a better past. (laughs) But one of the reasons forgiveness is so hard is because it seems to go against our natural sense of justice. When in reality, justice is not ours to dole out. Paul says in Romans 12, 10, quoting Deuteronomy 32, Don't take revenge, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. When we moved into our previous house, the The person who sold us the house was a bit unscrupulous. And when on the day he left, he gave a false meter reading on the gas and electricity and made it out that it was much less than it was when he on the day he left. So we moved in and after a week of living there, we got a bill for a thousand pounds for seven days gas. And so I phoned up the company. I said, there's some mistake here. Here's the meter reading. We don't owe a thousand pounds. And the man on the end of the phone said this. He said, sorry, there's nothing I can do. He said, we have now handed over the debt to a debt collecting agency. It's no longer our debt to collect. It's theirs. And this is what we do when we forgive. We hand over the debt. We don't pretend it didn't happen. We don't pretend it doesn't matter. But we hand it over to God to deal with it. And we trust him. We leave it in his hands so why is it so hard to forgive 
Well, because thirdly, forgiveness involves a sort of grief. A sort of grief. We grieve the comfort that we get from sort of nursing our wounds. Thinking of ourselves as, as the victim. There's a comfort in that. Fantasizing about revenge. And when the person who's hurt us has a bit of bad luck, we sort of feel a bit, a bit smug and think, well, yeah, that sounds right. They deserve it. And we grieve the... When you forgive, you have to sort of let go of the, the almost perverse pleasure that we can get from feeling a sort of righteous anger towards the person, from going around telling everyone what they did. Now, of course, you need to tell your best friend. But if you find that you're talking about it at every single small group, you're nursing the wound and you'll never have peace. It feeds something in us. You know, we've all heard sermons about lust and fantasy and the men sort of squirm in their seat and look at the floor a bit. But what about revenge fantasy? What about sort of daydreaming what you would say if you ever met them again? Have you ever done that? It does something to you. It feeds something in you. Something grows in you when you do that. And forgiveness means making a choice to let that go a choice to let that go you see the thing about unforgiveness is that it is a seed that gives birth to bitterness and bitterness will eat you up on the inside it's a killer you know paul says in ephesians 4 31 get rid of all bitterness and anger and malice. Instead, be kind and compassionate towards people, forgiving others, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So back to Matthew 6 and the Lord's Prayer. You know it off by heart, do you? Anyone know the Lord's Prayer off by heart? Our Father? Yeah, learnt it in school. Did you realise you've been saying it wrong all these years? No? Well, let's have a look, shall we? Let's have it up again then, Simon. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yep, got that bit right? You with me? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Okay, good. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debts. It's fine. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then we start making up the Bible. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Where did that come from? That's not in the Bible. It kind of references the Old Testament a little, but... What does Jesus actually say? Forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's have the next bit. For if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. They don't put that version on the bookmarks, do they? Well, wait a minute. Isn't Jesus' message that forgiveness is open to all? Just repent and believe and you'll be forgiven. Isn't that what you believe? Isn't it meant to be unconditional love? Is Jesus saying that forgiveness is conditional? That if you can't forgive, God will say, well, I'm not going to forgive your sins then. Is that how it is? Well, not quite. 
What I think Jesus is getting at is the stark reality that when we hold unforgiveness in our hearts, that in itself causes a barrier between us and God. That in itself prevents us from knowing the fullness of God's freedom and forgiveness and new life in our lives. You say, Jim, if you knew what had been done to me, you wouldn't speak about forgiveness so glibly. Well, maybe so. But my dear sister, my dear brother, I'm here to tell you that forgiveness is not an impossible demand from a harsh God who tells you to do something you couldn't possibly do. It's a gift to you. It's a gift to you from your loving, generous, heavenly Father. God longs for us to forgive so that we can be set free from the burden of our bitterness. God longs for us to set free for us to forgive so that we can be set free to love and to be loved. So that we can be set free to know the fullness of his forgiveness and new life and peace. And that's the point. Forgiveness is not primarily for the benefit of the person who's hurt you. They may be going about their lives blissfully unaware of the impact they've had on you. The words they said, that action, that they may, not have, they may have forgotten it. And it's eating you up. Forgiveness is primarily for your benefit. So that you can be set free. So that the person doesn't have power over you anymore. Luke 6.37 says, Pardon others. And you will be pardoned. That Greek word pardon could also be translated release. Release others and you will be released. Because so easy if we're not careful. And I say this in humility. I've been a pastor for 22 years. I'm not talking about your church in particular. But if we're not careful, church becomes like the playground where you only play with your friends. And if someone puts your nose out, you take the ball home. And everyone suffers. I'm going to begin to come into land, but I just want to give you a few thoughts in summary. Firstly is that forgiveness is like an onion with lots of layers. It doesn't happen overnight. You peel back one layer, then the next, then the next. But God will walk you through it At a pace that you can manage. But you've got to be willing to forgive. To make a start. To take that first step of faith. To make that choice. To let God walk you through the process. Maybe it's better to pray, forgive us our sins as we go on forgiving those who've sinned against us. And secondly, again, I'm... I'm a little nervous saying this because I don't know hardly any of you. And I hope you'll allow me to say this in humility. If you're someone who is easily offended and people have to sort of walk around eggshells around you and you know it, maybe it's time to bring that before the Lord. There 
there may be very good reasons. Often it goes back many, many years, but lately you've become a bit prickly. God wants to set you free from that. God wants to do a work in your heart. In fact, if you're honest with yourself, there, it, there may be a sort of benefit in it. Because it sort of keeps people at arm's length. It, it reinforces that thought, well, no one really wants to be my friend. No one re- I'm not really worthy of being loved. And it sort of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you, you, you kind of keep people at arm's length by being a bit edgy, a bit prickly, and, and, and kind of just creating awkward moments. It's a defense mechanism. But you are allowing how other people act to determine how you feel every day. And it's going to take you over. And God longs for you to be set free. So why don't we learn to be generous when judging other people's motives? Right? Oh, they, she said that on purpose because she knew. She, she said that on purpose because she knew what I would think. Well, maybe she did. Maybe she just misspoke. I wonder if we could start seeing people not as villains, but as people who make just as many mistakes as we do. In other words, try to see, if we, if we can, try to see other people's actions from the best possible light. Not always with suspicion. And if you have anger, and you will, then express it to God first before the person. Finally, to commit before God not to hold grudges because they will eat you up from the inside. It means making the choice not to always go around telling people what they did, And causing others to think a little bit less of the person. Especially if they're a a brother or sister in Christ. You know, if I if I say to Andy after the service, oh, you know that Jim Privet, you know, when he when he phoned me up in the week, oh god, I tell you, I can't get on with that guy. Now I've I've caused Andy to think a bit less of Jim. Didn't even think about that. I was just venting my this didn't happen by the way. Jim's not here, so I thought I would you know, use the opportunity. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, we, oh God, you know what they said. We're sort of defaming, defaming a sister or brother in Christ in the eyes of someone else. Final point is that the, the main reason for giving others, especially when they don't deserve it, is because that is how God has treated us. Treat others, says Paul, in the same way God has treated you. Luke 6 again, verse 36. Be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. And so as we marvel again at the extent of God's grace that saved a wretch like me, perhaps we can be honest enough to realize that We're like the man in Jesus' parable who was let off a great debt by the king. And we're still holding a much lesser debt over our brother. And maybe it's time to let it go. And if you're thinking, I'm not sure I can forgive, then you're absolutely right. It takes a work of grace. But you do believe God can forgive them, don't you? 
If so, then you're not far away from believing that God can forgive them through you. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Which means that as Paul puts it in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Should we say that together? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. May we close our eyes. I'm just going to pray the oldest prayer of the church. Come Holy Spirit. And in a moment we're going to do some business with God. That's why you come on a Sunday, isn't it? To do business with God. This is not between you and the person who's hurt you. That may come later. This is purely between you and your Heavenly Father. And if you're willing, I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer of forgiveness. Don't be afraid. God loves you. Doesn't ask of you more than you can bear. If distracting thoughts start coming into your mind, just take every thought captive. And just allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. Allow the Holy Spirit just to drop into your mind right now. The one you need to forgive. Just connect with that. What they did, what they said. How it made you feel. Just a couple of moments quiet. Then I'm just going to lead you in a very simple prayer. If you're up for this, we're, we're going to do a transaction in heaven. It's in his strength and your, not yours. This might just be the first layer of an onion. You may need someone to walk you through it. But this is step one. This is a choice to hand the debt over to God. So I invite you to just repeat line after line after me, just under your breath. Heavenly Father, I choose to forgive and just name the person before God. For hurting me by, and just acknowledge before God what they did, what they said. Which made me feel, and just own up to God how it made you feel. Just going to leave another time of silence and just, just keep going like that. Lord, I choose to forgive, name them for what they did. Name it before God, which made me feel. Just anything else that comes into your mind, just a hand to God. Choose to forgive. For hurting me by, which made me feel. A couple of minutes while you do that. And now just repeat again after me under your breath. I choose not to hold on to my resentment. Thank you for setting me free from the bondage of my bitterness. I let go of my right to seek revenge. 
I ask you to heal my damaged emotions. And if the person's alive, in faith, now say, Lord, I pray that you would bless and name them before God and ask God to bless them. Just going to go through those last four lines again, just to go through for the, for the sake of being thorough. I choose not to hold on to my resentment. I thank you for setting me free from the bondage of my bitterness. I let go of my right to seek revenge. I ask you to heal my damaged emotions. I now pray that you would bless and just name them and ask God to bless them. Choose to wish their well, not their harm. Choose to want them to prosper. Pray that God would bless them in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now you've made the choice to forgive. may not feel any different, but you've made a choice. And God has heard you. And it may need a daily choice. You may need to keep going over it. You may need to get a running mate with you and, and tell them and say, hold me to this. I'm choosing to keep letting it go. Maybe you need to tell the person if it's appropriate. Or maybe it's reminded you, you need to ask forgiveness from someone. And sometimes the hardest person to forgive is yourself. May we stand? The group's going to come back. As they do, I just, I just love to pray for you. Lord, I just pray for my sisters and brothers here. Lord, I just pray you bless them and keep them. pray you make your face to shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Lord, for those who've made that choice today, done that really brave thing of handing over the debt to you so that they can be set free, I pray that they would, they would really live in that freedom. You would release in their lives a new joy now that they haven't got this millstone of unforgiveness. And Lord, when the feelings start to come back, I pray that you would remind us of your amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. And we would allow you in your strength to help us to release others back to you. And believe that we're only accountable for our own lives, our own response. And Lord, where through being sinned against, it's caused us to sin in some way. We ask for your forgiveness. And we choose to trust entirely in you. And we bless you. And we praise your name. Amen. Thanks, Jim.